want to take a minute to talk about the Pleasant Underground, a.k.a. the Pug. The Pleasant Underground is a brand new DIY venue located in Ferndale, Michigan that provides professional sound and lighting and hosts all forms of live entertainment. You can check out their Facebook page, facebook.com slash thepleasantunderground to see all the upcoming events or inquire about booking. Some upcoming shows at the Pug, uh, July 30th with Deeper Graves, Tooth, Sapona, and Jonathan Livingston Seagull. July 31st, Summer Like the Season, now with Real Humans, Celevichik, I think. I, I don't know. That's, it's, yeah. Jessica Louise Kuna, um, August 12th, Wayward Music Video premiere, which is a video by Kill Hours and Versus Versus. They premiere their split short film slash music video, as well as play their first show with support from Dead Hour Noise and Gator Pit. Um, this show will be filmed and archived by Hate56, so get the fuck out there. Um, it's going to be awesome. August 13th, a Friday the 13th show with Let It Rot, Veriform, The 5505, and Ruin. August 14th, Almost Made the Mixtape, Feast for the Crows, CLO Drive, and Easy Beach. Fuck Easy Beach, just kidding, I love them. Uh, August 20th, Labor Day Weekend, The Overlooked, Galaxy News Radio, and One to be Announced. August 21st, Honorable Mention Comedy Show, hosted by Joanna Madranda. And check out the Pug social accounts for updated shows popping up constantly. And now it's time for another episode of Life Campers. DIY music. Podcast. Um, on this episode, I talked with Ryan from the band Sleepology from Port Huron, Michigan. Um, this was the first episode done in person at my new studio, which is the upstairs of my house. But it's it's a studio. There's microphones in it. Um, we talked about Sleepology and what they were doing during the pandemic. Um, hint, hint. It's a record called Field Notes from a Sinking Ship. Um, I'm holding in my hand right now in CD copy. CDs are they're like a disc. They're round. They're very flat. Um, and it's sometimes used to play music. Um, it's like a record but smaller. But anyways, yeah, we had a good conversation um, about you know kind of their band, their record. And um, that's it, dude. I'm going to let that speak for itself. And stick around to hear Ryan play a song at the end called Wedding Day um, on this acoustic. And Follow the podcast, invite the neighbors, um, invite the neighbors pod on Instagram, ITN pod on Twitter, and that's about it, dude. Share the podcast, please. I want people to hear this. When other bands come on, I want people to hear them so that they have a legitimate platform to talk about their art. So, you can't get behind that, dude. What are you doing? Are you sociopath? What's wrong with you? Help us out, dude. You remember the scene? You trying to be a man? You trying to support your scene? Or are you just trying to tweet about it, dude? Hey, here's an idea. Stop tweeting and complaining about the scene and do something for it. AKA, do something for me. <laughs> AKA, share the podcast. Rate review on iTunes. Blah, blah, blah. You get it, dude. Anyways, I'm just fucking around. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Do I have headphones or just okay? Check, check. Hello, hello, hello. Check, 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 check. Hey, it's Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> I know you literally just told me that, <laughs> but. My my memory sucks, especially short term, like a goldfish, dude. So, where are you from? I think uh, you probably mentioned this, but like, I grew up in Port Huron, Michigan. Oh, okay. Is that still where you're? No, nah, now I live in White Lake. Um, oh, I've been there for five years, maybe. White Lake, yeah, that's like off of M fifty nine, right? Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's, I grew up in uh, Fenton, Linden. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, I'd go out to White Lake sometimes. Isn't that kind of where like Motor City Guitar is? Uh, they're in Waterford. Oh, but it's close. I mean, yeah, that place is pretty rad. I like 
after going there, it's like Guitar Center. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Dude, yeah. Like, th- I was at this place. Like, I love music stores that are just kind of like thrown together. It feels like you're half in a store and like half in a warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's this one in, uh, I can't even remember what it's called now, but it's in, I think, Wyandotte or Lincoln Park, somewhere in that region and it it literally is just like it it's like a hoarder house type of thing like there's like all sorts of cool shit just like no rhyme or reason to how it's organized really and it just like you get in there and it feels like you're in a back room the way everything is just kind of like all over the place and then they just they're cool with you just like moving shit around like the the pedal case there was like a bunch of books on top of it so it's like you have to move shit to see the pedals and they're like oh yeah, yeah go ahead <laughs> yeah that's cool uh yeah i liked motor city because it's just well the first time i went in there it was just like i had to grab strings real quick and i'm like this is kind of small like right didn't I didn't go to the back part. Oh, where all like the amps and shit are. And I like when you first walk in, you can't even really tell that like right. There's that back section. Yeah. So I just ran in and out and like then I went back and like I was like, "Oh shit, like there's all this other shit here." And then yeah. Then like the third time, I was like, "Oh, there's another like combo <laughs> amp room." I know hidden here like they have the best guitars there too like i it's just like such a random assortment of stuff there like I, guitars that i've only ever seen there like right. it, it just looks like it looks like it's a bunch of used stuff just because it's so just, things feel so rare like i saw like a like a surf green sg with like a pink pick guard but it was right. it wasn't used it was just somehow they got that guitar in from somewhere but uh there's this one place in i want to say nashville that i went to one time and that was probably the nicest place i've ever seen in terms of like the selection like you know some places i guitar like if you go to guitar center the real nice guitars will be like the you know the three thousand dollar ones will be like up on a wall mm-hmm. this place was like they had so many nice guitars that like even the stuff on the floor was like five thousand dollar martin acoustics yeah and just like it's pretty awesome yeah and like like every electric guitar they had was almost like 1500 was cheap for a guitar there like it was just the most like the nicest shit like just and just rows and rows and rows of just like amazing like les pauls and like custom strats like custom fenders gnl like everything that you could want it was just insane but but anyways, so your band's called Sleepology, right? Yeah, yeah. And you, I know you, you, you're into like a couple different things though, aren't you? Like, weren't you, don't you like book shows or it's more uh, than just the band? I know I asked you to hop on like a, it was called Spooky Day a couple of years ago. Oh. I don't know if you remember that, but. I remember, yeah, I remember like vaguely. I didn't remember that specifically, but I remember like you getting in contact with me a long time ago. I was ago. just trying to like book some kind of like end of summer fest kind of thing, like get a bunch of bands together that yeah. I've been wanting to play with. And so I just did that kind of shitty location. It was in Wixom. I don't uh, know if you know where that is. Yeah. But like the, it was like a VFW hall, but it was like yeah. perfect. It was like, it was like it was made for that. Right. But it was just like kind of too far out. And I think something else was going on that day too. Like, uh, uh the, what's that fest in Ferndale? Um, can't think of the name. So like a yearly thing in Ferndale? Yeah, it's like a it's every I I'm blanking on it, but anyway, yeah. that was going on at the same time and like wow. but we had a bunch of bands out that like 
actually showed up and wanted to do it. So it was cool, but I just wish more people would have been able to make it out. Right. Yeah. You mentioned like things like being far kind of, you know, kind of a hike for most people, but like, that's kind of how I think Bloodfest probably was when it started. I mean, right. when you think about where Bloodfest occurred, it was like this random, like in Heartland. It's yeah. Like, it's like a weird spot, but. Yeah. Well, that's kind of why I was like, it'll be fine. Like. Right. You know. Yeah. Not, th- not that people didn't come. I mean, it was like. Right. It was still fun and like people showed up, but. But yeah, I. As far as like booking shows all the time, it's usually just trying to get us shows. But yeah, yeah, I've I've talked to people. It's like on one hand, like yeah, I mean, there's like a a line that some people cross when it comes to booking, like whether or not because it's hard enough, I think, to get yourself shows, and then some people decide to like take the plunge and then become like a booking entity also right and and then you're booking other bands you're booking shows that you're not on and i think i i think there's benefits to that but like i don't know you have to have a lot of time and and motivation i feel like in order to really make that your your thing also you know yeah i mean there's been times where people know that I can book shows and like, Hey, this band's coming through or whatever. Can you find a place for them to play? And like, but I don't, I'm not like a promoter. You're not like advertising <clears throat> it type of thing. Right. Yeah. Do you remember? Cause I was just thinking about this before you got here. Like, do you remember like the time before, like before you were booking shows or even for yourself or anything like that? Like, I was. I remember thinking about like, what even is booking shows? Like, how does that even work? And then like, and then all of a sudden, it's you're just doing it, and it's it's never really like a concrete line that you cross. You just kind of find yourself. And like, do you remember like kind of how you first got into that world, like at all? Yeah, I remember in high school when like we didn't even we had no music on like the internet or whatever like mm-hmm. and like we would just email places like hey can we come play and like it seemed weird but they would just be like sure like <laughs> like yeah <laughs> i always think about them like they just said yes and like didn't hear what we sounded like or anything like, <laughs> where what, what what types of places were you hitting up like, I don't even know how we got a hold of these people, but just people that we found out that were doing, like, you know, hall shows. and mm. Yeah. And then I think, like, once you say you, like, have one good show at a place, like, if you're the one who put it together, booked it, quote unquote, then hopefully the person who you'd want to contact is working that night to be able to see that it was a good show. And then you can be like, hey, let me email you again. Yeah. When um, I you know get some more bands together. Yeah. I used to do that before the pandemic. Like I had a couple places where I could I had a couple good shows there, you know, in terms of like turnout. They don't give a fuck if it sounds good, you know. They just care mm-hmm. understandably that people show up and spend money. But, you know, you have a couple good shows and then you get someone's phone number or email, and then you'd be like, Hey, uh, then this starts to have like this trust and then you know you go hey give me a week do you have any weekends left in this month or whatever and they're like yeah this date and like all right I'll, I'll get a bill together yeah that's now it seems easy like right um i i guess even back then just emailing people and having them say yes was easy but i'm thinking of like the hard part to me it seems like it's like actually booking a tour <clears throat> compared yeah. to like just setting up like a local show like yeah i don't know it's just a lot cuz you know people around when you're booking a tour it's like sending out 20 emails to one city and like 
yeah. hoping that someone's like, sure, like, right. But it's just like constantly you have to be on it every day. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I I've never tried booking a tour. Hopefully, I never have to try that hard. <laughs> Hopefully, like you know, that's where having a manager would be really nice. Yeah, <laughs> you know thought about that like you know manage someone managing a band is just like it's another one of those things like it just seems so far away <laughs> sometimes like having other people like actually want to take interest in your band enough to where it's like they want to do all that shitty work for you well <laughs> you know there are places that'll do it if you pay them or whatever right. like i don't know i did that a long time ago once like for a tour but because it was like a three-month thing and oh it just was kind of shady and it's like they're just sending stuff out to like any yeah. anybody like yeah and it's like you kind of have to look where you're gonna fit in rather than just like yeah yeah, some people, there's not really any incentive for them to book you a good tour. It's just right. these, they can give you a tour and you're showing up at a retirement home on bingo night or something. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I mean, there was a couple of good things, but I mean, it just, I'd rather do it myself and, you know, be able to find bands that we would fit with and right. not just like, Oh yeah, you're playing with a country band on a Tuesday at this <laughs> random bar, you know, like yeah. You just gotta it, hope that maybe there's like three people there that like your music, yeah, <laughs> and we can get something out of it. Like when you toured, like uh, you actually go on like a three month tour. Was uh, that we tried to, but it just kind of fell apart. I mean, we were this was not sleepology but another band i was in oh okay <clears throat> have you done any like when's the most recent touring that you've done uh we were supposed to go in april 2020 for like 10 days to like the east coast mm. and like right after i finalized the last date <laughs> it was like that next monday or something like everything shut down yeah but yeah. before that, it was, I don't know, we we do more like little weekend things than like going out for like 10 days. I think that's probably smarter, honestly. Like, but, I'm think know. that's what I'm thinking about doing is like taking instead of, because especially when you're like a new band or not, not necessarily a new band, but like people don't know who you are outside of your locality. Like, I would think that the goal of touring would be to, like, introduce yourself to as many people in a new market as possible. And, and in order, like, the best days for that are always going to be Fridays and Saturdays. So, like, yeah. Um, yeah. Playing anywhere, like, on a Monday or Tuesday kind of sucks. Like, right. So, I don't, I don't know why band, more bands don't do that like we're gonna book something because we're putting a record out like well it's done but it's just a matter of logistics and if anyone picks it up or whatever but when when we like go to promote that and play on it like we're not gonna do like a two three week month tour we're gonna do like two months where like every weekend pretty much we're going somewhere new in two like two new cities every weekend and we'll call that a tour you know like I took inspiration from like stand up comedians. Stand up comedians do that shit. Like they'll call it one big tour, but you look at the dates and they're only ever out on like Fridays or Saturdays or Sundays sometimes. Mm, yeah. And I guess I never <clears throat> yeah. really looked at a comedian's tour schedule. Yeah. I mean, because yeah, well, comedy clubs a lot of times aren't, I'm a huge comedy nerd, but like a lot of the times they're, you know, clubs and stuff, they aren't even open on the during the week unless it's for like open mics or, you know, like small, like local stuff, but like all the big names are all, you know, Fridays, Saturdays, sometimes Thursdays, 
But yeah, I, I feel like sometimes with musicians and especially like DIY, it's almost like I don't know. I don't. Really, I don't have. And no one in particular comes to mind. But it almost feels like it's like a social status type of thing to show that oh, we went on tour, and it's like, well, okay, what did you accomplish though? Like yeah, playing a bunch of Tuesdays and Wednesdays. You know what I mean? I feel like it's. Uh, I don't know. Like if you're trying to get on a label or whatever, like they kind of want to see it, but. It's like a resume almost. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, if you're going out for a month, I get that that's different. Um you just kinda have to, like or just you'll have like a day off or whatever. Like Right. But also I wanted to mention like the weekend thing. It's cool, but it's like you kind of start feeling like you're just getting going and then it's like, Oh, you got to go back home now. Like, yeah. When do you do like three days? Yeah. It's like, all right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that. Like, I don't have any experience either way, like going out on the road. Really. I mean, I've only played like, like one off gigs out of state, like gone down to Ohio and played a show and that, you know, or played like twice in a weekend that that's rare but i mean the goal is to go out on those long tours obviously at some point but like i'm just thinking from in terms of like getting your name out there and and like maximizing your your reach in in a new market and i feel like it's always going to be better to play a Friday, Friday or Saturday with some exceptions. Like if you get on a bill on a Wednesday night, but it's like a really good band that you're playing with and they have a draw. I mean, that's what it's about. It's just like maximizing the draw and like maximizing the number of people you play for in hopes that like the second, third time around you go out, maybe it won't matter if you're there on a Friday or Saturday, people will just still come and see you. Yeah. We try to do when we do that, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then you just got to go home Sunday and then, yeah but you know i wish we could just like go for like 10 days and then a couple months later do the same thing but it's just with our situation we kind of have to do it a lot of the times just the weekend thing but yeah it's still fun i mean yeah yeah i mean it would definitely be fun it it, (laughs) It's hard having like a real job, you know, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and then having to balance that with like what you actually want to do when you want to do music, you know, when you're not there yet, quote unquote, when you're not able to uh, just like leave everything behind, you know, right. <laughs> it's the goal, but it can take a while to get there, obviously. But um, where, what's like, where's the furthest away that you've went to play? Um, with Sleepology, I'm trying to think, uh, I think Louisville, Kentucky, maybe. Oh, okay. We've been mostly Midwest, like. Yeah. Louisville's pretty cool. Uh, I don't, I don't know if. Where was it? Somewhere in West Virginia, but I don't know if that was further away or. Oh, I think that's almost like, almost like the same distance, pretty yeah, much. I, yeah, just different directions. <laughs> yeah, a couple. They were both long drives, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you ever gotten down to like Nashville? Like when you're, I guess that's a little bit further. No, I. We were. I'm always thinking about it. Like, if we go in the winter, I'd like to head south. Yeah. But we were supposed to, the last one was supposed to be in the spring. So we were going to, like, New York and stuff, and that would have been, like, the furthest. Yeah. It, like, it, it, it stresses me out just thinking about going to play in a big city just because of, like, parking <laughs> right yeah i was thinking about that too i'm like shit dude like brooklyn like yeah it sounds like it's gonna be terrible yeah i mean 
in real in all reality it'd be worth it because the shitty part would last maybe like 20 minutes right <laughs> like the actual driving in the city isn't that it's such a small portion of the actual experience overall that it would be worth it and it would it would work out you know it would just be a hassle right I, yeah i just was picturing us like stuck in traffic at like <laughs> four yeah in new york like <laughs> you guys have a van that you guys go out in or uh i have a van but i wouldn't take it on tour but we try to rent oh okay yeah i haven't run into any bands that have done that yet but i was been waiting to hear from one because i'm curious like it kind of sucks yeah because it's expensive but again we're just going for usually just a few days but yeah when yeah. we did a 10 day one a few years ago i rented one and somehow it was a few hundred bucks like i don't even remember how i got it for so cheap for yeah, like is, that long yeah it's kind of amazing actually and if you if you split it with a few people or whatever how many people in the band like yeah it's doable then you just got to make gas money i guess yeah we did it was a. Uh, it was like a nice little vacation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's another reason that it would be nice to actually go on the longer tours. Like, even if you're not playing to that many people on certain days, like, just the experience, I would imagine, of just being on the road in a band. Well, I feel you know? like when people know that you're on tour for, like, longer or whatever, like, it's almost like you get hooked up more. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, it was, like, sweet. Like, tank is full of gas, like, a few times. Like, we are like, fuck it, dude. Like, let's get a hotel room. Like, yeah, I don't want to sleep on the floor. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the novelty of that would wear off pretty quick for me. Like, I'm sure there's people, like, their first day, their first night on tour, you know, they're, like, sleeping on the floor or something and they're just it's like romanticized in their head to where it's like oh yeah i'm doing it you know and it's just like (laughs) night two of no sleep and you're like fuck this (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's uh been there for sure but the longer ones like yeah i don't know yeah i just ugh that's like the one thing that I'm not looking forward to is the sleeping arrangements. Like, yeah, sometimes you have to like do that to, you know, because everyone wants to shower and like. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would definitely be the type. I'm I'm such a baby, dude. When it comes to like having to, you know, be well rested and clean and shit. Like I just have such a low tolerance personally for being tired. Like I can't function and that doesn't make me unique or anything but like some people can like i have friends in the music world that like i swear to god they just don't sleep and that they always have energy and i'm like i don't get you at all like that's not me (laughs) yeah i it especially if you're like driving and tired like i that's like a huge problem for me too like yeah like i can't i'll I don't know, it's almost like I, like the road just like makes me want to doze off. Like, yeah. I mean, after a while too, especially Midwest, not a lot of, like once you get out of the cities, there's just a lot of cornfields, like in right. all directions. Yeah. <laughs> that can be pretty monotonous. I mean, I've driven to Florida a few times and that, you know, just any of that, just, the long stretches of driving it all just like it feels like four hours have gone by and it's been like an hour and a half (laughs) you know it's like oh my god but uh okay so what about like so sleepology you've been in other bands but like what what was kind of the genesis of of uh sleepology um i was doing it while i was in another band for like seven years like just kind of on the side maybe put like a song out a year or something just 
but I didn't even like promote it or anything. It was just like so. This is like your side project. Yeah, that you like, were, like the writer just for goofing around. Like yeah. And then that band kind of fizzled out, and then I was doing nothing for like a year and just started taking it more seriously. But like, it was like way weirder. Like just kind of like keyboard music and mm. just trying to be experimental and I don't know not if you heard that stuff it's like that's not even the same band mm. like that we sound like now but then I got Eddie who plays guitar now he was drummer for the other band oh okay I was just like hey let's try to play some of these songs live like just me and you like goof around mm-hmm. in like 2015 and then we did that for like a year as like a two piece and then we booked a tour and we're like let's get a bass player for the tour so do two piece of like guitar vocals and like a drummer type of thing just yeah it was just me guitar vocals and then eddie on drums Got just trying to keep it simple and like yeah um, I don't know. I guess get back to playing like the more indie rock stuff mm-hmm. after going off <laughs> being a weirdo for a few years. Like, yeah, just like bedroom recordings and like, uh, so yeah, we got a bass player, and I'm like, well, let's just get a guitar player too for the tour. Like, if we're gonna do one, like, yeah, let's I mean, just do both, and then. They were with us. Well, James is still with us on bass. But, yeah, we did a tour, and I'm like, all right, you guys want to just keep doing it? (laughs) So, yeah, so we did that. Had a couple lineup changes and got a new drummer in 2019 after doing an EP and an album. And then the new drummer, Zach, he came in 2019 and we just wrote this new album and like kind of had to put it on hold. Right. Because of the COVID. And now this newer album, well, first of all, is it out yet? Like, can people hear it? Or is uh, it? We have one single out. Well, there's. One's on Spotify. I just, there's a shorter song on there too that I just uh, mm, put on Bandcamp uh, yesterday, actually. Oh, okay. And so, this, and then do you have a release date for it yet? Yeah, it's this Friday. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. So by the time people hear this, it'll be out and they'll be able to hear it. And yeah. When's this coming out? Uh, I can probably put this out next week. I don't think I have anything else in in line waiting. You know, I can if you guys have a release, I can put it out around that. That way, yeah, it's it's Friday. We're doing like a <clears throat> outdoor release show in Port Huron. Oh, that's cool. Hopefully, it doesn't rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would suck. Um. But yeah, so so I'll talk about that record then a little bit. So do you, you said you started writing around like 2019? Yeah, when, once Zach joined, um, we just started going and then like we were going to go on tour because we had a bunch of songs already written like really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, everything shut down. So we just kind of like, didn't really jam for you know three four months yeah and then last summer like started trying to get together like every couple weeks just i don't know trying to get something done at least right even though shit was kind of weird still i mean i i missed jamming so much just for like my own sanity right yeah well luckily like we all have you know recording software and stuff so Mm -hmm. like i could 
do a demo and then send it to Zach, and then he would do like a drum take on it. Oh, I send it back, and then yeah, just to at least keep moving. Yeah. So I was gonna ask you, like, so this whole project kind of started out you just kind of doing your own shit in your room type of thing, and for this most recent record was it more of a collaborative writing process or did you write the songs and then the guys filled it in or how did that writing work? Um, for the most part, like I'll just have like an acoustic skeleton of a song yeah. with folk like lyrics and vocals. And then everyone adds their Stones own stuff. Yeah. But Eddie, who used to play drums when we were two piece, he's the lead guitar player now he wrote a couple songs one of them's just an instrumental and the other one i told him like hey compose like some Mm -hmm. songs so i can write lyrics to it yeah and then the one i did write lyrics to the other one i was like this is like i like this just as an instrumental like let's just leave it yeah like so Now that's, it's like I used to have a bunch of songs that are like, like when my my first band, uh, me and my buddy started writing in like high school. I mean, it it, it was called In a Daydream, which is what my band is called now because I just love I just loved that name. I just went decided to go back to it, but like we would write because we we didn't have vocals then. Like I wasn't singing then. I didn't think i could sing really and so we would just write songs that were like pop punk influence but like progressive pop punk to where it was like you didn't we felt like we didn't need vocals because there's so many movements and so many different like there's a lot there's enough character to the instruments that you didn't necessarily need vocals right and it's i think bands should uh utilize that more like i'd like to hear more albums where there's like an instrumental track on there or a couple, you know, just, just for different flavor, you know what I mean? Just for like different, different vibe kind of breaks up a record a little bit. We talked about doing just like an instrumental EP too. Like, yeah, just like maybe more, uh, unrehearsed or something like, yeah, more of like a live, live recording type of thing. Yeah. Some, I think that would be cool. Yeah, like some bands, like I've seen like Dance Gavin Dance as an example, like where they will release, they'll release their record, but then like later they'll release the entire thing, but without vocals. Like just oh, instrumental, really? yeah, instrumental versions of the entire record, which I think is pretty cool too. Like if you have music that could stand alone like that, I mean, sometimes if, it, if we're just talking about like, straight punk music that's probably not going to work that well yeah i don't know if the majority of our stuff would but yeah but i mean if you had the one thing though that you like recognize that it does stand alone well i think it's cool to make that choice to not try and force vocals into it if it doesn't need it you know like i'm not much of a lead player at all like i'm more like i like bands that have like cool lyrics and stuff so like I've just always been like obsessed with that kind of, you know, like bright eyes and oh yeah, cursive and shit like that. Definitely, like, definitely, dude. I think um, bright eyes definitely won. Elliot Smith, I yeah. Think. Um, so like when you were when you guys were writing this record, like, do you remember? kind of what you were listening to at the time like was there anything that stands out as like an influence over this type of um bands that i was listening to then probably was like i think i think that's one that you know purple mountains Mm -mm. they're they're pretty weird but I don't like I don't know like I'm so bad at like grasping on to new music I, anymore yeah. like I know what you mean like I'm always just like oh go back to the old bands like yeah dude like, <laughs> I'm the same a lot of times I ask people that question it's just like I'm taking mental notes of like 
of bands because I've almost it's almost like I've never heard of so many bands that people say they're their influences or whatever. I guess late like the last couple of years, like Purple Mountains, Big Thief, um uh and then like new local bands that have been blowing up like Dogleg and mm-hmm. those guys are cool. Um what were like some of the like, like some foundational musical influences? Like when you think about the records that you always go back to, I like constantly listening to like Doctor Dog and oh, okay, Cursive Man Man, um, then older stuff when I was in high school. Like I lo- love No Effects still. Like, um. Bright eyes, yeah, all, all the time. Like of yeah. Montreal, yeah, of Montreal. I remember I heard like one song by them when I was in high school, and I thought this is awesome. And then I forgot what it was, and I've like tried to go through their discography like a few different times, trying to like track down that one song that I really liked, and I wasn't able. <laughs> There's to rem- so many. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like they put out an album like every single year, basically. Yeah, I mean, if you're like a huge fan of a band, that can be really cool. But if you never listen to a band, it's it's like it can be hard. Like if you've never listened to Radiohead and you're trying to get into them now, it's like you kind of have your work cut out for you, like trying to get into the discography, you know. Um. Also, a lot of Jeff Rosenstock in the last couple of years. Okay. Yeah. Um. What's the one? Um. Whatever one with uh. I think it's worry the one with with we beg to explode on it yeah that one is the only one that i'm like really familiar with because i love that first song i'd say like he's been heavy rotation like the last couple of years like yeah so i guess you could say maybe yeah i, I gotcha and uh so and do you think that would make sense like people listening to your band like do you think they'd be able to like, kind of parse out some of those influences or yeah i Maybe, yeah, probably. And some of the more, like, upbeat, energetic mm-hmm. ones. Um, also, we went with Jack Shirley to mix and master the album. So, he like, that's who's recorded his last four albums, maybe, I think. Oh, really? The Jeff Rosenstocks? Oh, that's pretty cool. Where did, where did, um, oh, for mixing and mastering? Yeah. Okay. So where did did you guys record it yourselves? Yeah, we did it in my basement. Oh, that's kind of sweet. And that's cool that you were able to like, you know, get good enough recordings to where like you can send it off to like a, like a legit producer, and they're like, "All right, yeah, I can work with this." Yeah, I was kind of worried about. I was like, I don't know if I can record drums. Right. <laughs> like I, I've, I've never recorded like a drum kit for an album like that. Yeah, but I sent him the tracks, and he's like. This sounds great, dude. Like, good job. Nice. Like, so I was like, yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> did, did that make you want to like get into it more at all? Like, maybe like bringing in other bands to do demos and shit, or were you just like, cool? I have this in my back pocket for myself if I need to. Uh, I did record my friend's band, but I don't know. It's just right. <laughs> it's so much work. Yeah. Like, yeah. Trying to, like, I'm not going to become a recording engineer anytime soon. Right. Other than just, like, our own stuff, but. I would, that's one of the things that, like, I feel like I already missed the boat. Like, I, I'm a good producer in terms of, like, the stuff that isn't sound engineering. Like, I'm, I'm good at arranging and figuring out song structures and making them cool and like blending different sounds like just kind of like knowing that like all right if we do this put this sort of effect on this guitar and pan it over here and then we do this thing with this other guitar and or this weird effect on a synth or something it'll sound good and it does i'm like i can do that type of shit but like when i made my record i was doing a lot of that production stuff and the actual producer was the one kind of like taking all these ideas and actually 
making them literally happen, you know, with, with the gear and setting up the mics and all that stuff that I don't understand how to right. do. I mean, I would love to work in a, in a studio, but I would need to find a studio where it was, I was working like in tandem with a sound engineer on everything. Yeah. Which is like not really feasible at this point when, you know, I should have, I should have gone to school for it, but it's fun. I mean, I've just kind of always did it. Yeah. You know, goofing around since I was in high school or whatever. Just the one thing that I never really did was like a drum set. Yeah. So I was kind of like, I don't know, like, Maybe we should just record the drums somewhere else and like then do everything else ourselves. But yeah, I mean, I think it's the easiest to fuck up. Yeah, the drums, but also like some places, as long as it's like halfway decent, depending on how you feel about it, people can just sample out different hits. Like, if, right, yeah. If it's just, if it's even salvageable, as long as it registers as something, you can just replace it with like a, a studio recorded kick or something like that. Where, yeah, well, that's actually the one thing I realized is like a lot of people, <clears throat> they'll, they'll keep the, the drum track, but then they'll like beef it up with like a, a software kick or snare. Yeah. And like double them and blend it yeah yeah i mean a lot of times it's like it's it's an actual recording of someone hitting a snare or something that they just have saved as a sample so it's like it's not because like i i hate like listening to metal where it's just like computer drums but it's a it's it's one thing if it's like supposed to be the computer like if it's like hip-hop or pop or whatever but like when you're trying to pass it along, uh, pass it off as like this is an actual drum set, but it's just obviously just like computer generated. That that's just not my thing. I like it to at least sound like it was real in rock music, at least. Yeah, you know. I feel like you kind of have to. Yeah, like unless you're really going for something else. Like I guess it just depends on what you're going for. But I just I just don't like when something is trying to be passed off as the real thing when it's not <laughs> you know it's just like uh yeah the the actual drum kit makes it sound like you're i feel like that's what mm-hmm. makes it feel like you're still playing live yeah yeah i mean i mean definitely that's the that is kind of the one thing like there's really good guitar amp modeling which is funny because like i don't care guitar is my instrument and i don't care as much about like actually getting a sound out of an amp like i have amp modeling software on my computer that i use for demos and stuff Mm -hmm. that it's just really nice like you can do all kinds of shit like all you do is you play the guitar part into the into the interface and then you can do virtual reamping and like move the microphones in the virtual space with like away from the cab on different sides of the, it's just like you can get any sound you want basically. And it's like, I don't care. And it sounds good. It doesn't sound computerized. Like you can't tell like, yeah. What program do you use? It's a uh, amplitude three. Okay. Which just pirated when I was in college, you know, <laughs> I pirated Ableton pirated amplitude the time I felt like I needed it more <laughs> than they needed my money. That was my yeah. rationalization at the time. <laughs> yeah, I I use Logic and I have a lot of good Yeah. Amps and stuff. Yeah, I mean I can I can fuck around on it a little bit like in Ableton, like I could record a band, like demo, but I just don't know enough to like and it's for me it's not worth it to, to really get into the finer like fine tuning mixes and because like I'm I just don't see myself as ever doing my own production full full scale so like I could get it to where it sounds like alright this is good for a demo and the, the point of the demo is just to show what the song is supposed to be right eventually and it doesn't have to be perfect doesn't have to be studio quality just has to let you know like what the song is and what the arrangement is and stuff I mean I can do that 
but beyond that, I've never really tried, you know? I mean, I don't know. I feel like even if you did it like that, you like, you could still send it to someone to get mixed and mastered. Yeah. That knows what they're doing. And like, it would sound good enough yeah to release like that yeah i mean there's so much you can do <laughs> in in terms of editing and like fixing things that it's not completely like idiot proof but it's so it's getting closer and closer to that to where it's like as long as you used a click track <laughs> a lot of times you can like yeah there's a lot you can work with and i really like the idea of um the idea that there's not really a bad sound for anything. It's just finding the right context for anything. Like, you know, you don't want an entire drum set to sound bad, but like if say you have like a weird sounding guitar track or something, like if you're creative, like I feel like you can create something around that. Like vampire weekends, a band does that a lot. Like where they have like a really like literally will have a piano part that they recorded on a phone like a voice memo and they leave it that quality but then they take other instruments and like the arrangement around it is like different uh, varying levels of quality right all together it sounds unique and it sounds see that's like that's what i want to go more towards like because the first ep and album we did was just like live in a room Mm-hmm. And then some overdubs. But like when I was doing it just in my bedroom and stuff by myself, like, yeah, like that's the kind of shit that I liked just getting weird, you know? Yeah. But now I'm, we did some like kind of straight up rock stuff. And now I kind of want to get back towards like getting a yeah. little weirder and like, not worrying about like can we play this live (laughs) like right just get more experimental again like but with a full band this time yeah i think you know it doesn't really there's i feel like there's several examples of bands where they do get weird on the record and it doesn't really matter if you can do it live or not because whatever you do live will that'll just be the live version of it yeah like you know, I think of one band I like a lot in Manchester Orchestra, like they, not that they get super experimental or weird on their records, but like definitely a little bit. And then you see them live and they just rock. It's like just big jammy versions of their songs or they, pl- oh, they, they have enough songs where like their live show is less of the experimental stuff, more of just the hard hitting stuff. I don't know. Yeah. But there's, I, I say like, just make the record exactly what you want it to be like just for listening purposes and then figure out how you're going to do a live later. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean like the, the new album that I gave you, like there's like cello on it and we're That's, not, we're not going to play it live, you know? <laughs> right. But like originally when we were practicing it, it was a guitar part during the verses mm. for one of the songs. And Eddie, the lead guitar player, plays cello too, and he put some over it. And like, I was listening to it, and I'm like, I don't even need my guitar part in here for the verses. Like, I just completely cut it out. Yeah. And like, just let the cello be. Yeah. The main thing. Yeah, I think that's another like good. <clears throat> yeah, I guess it's a like a skill, or it's just like a skill of the ear to like know when it's okay to just leave things out you don't have to have everybody going all the time that's like Like, something i'm trying to like stress to the guys in my band it's it's like you know we don't always all have to be doing something you got to be dynamic like that's i don't know that's what makes it i mean yeah it's if everyone's just going all the time, that's, I mean, that's, that works in like punk. I, and I like, think. you can't be like, I wasn't upset that I 
you know, like, oh, my guitar part can't be in it. Like, right. oh, man. Like, I was like, no, this sounds better, like, yeah. without it. Like, right. And when you bring it back, it's more effective. There's more. Yeah. Like, the dynamic shift is, is more pronounced when you take things out and put them back in. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot that was there. You know? I Yeah, I much prefer that. But, um, I mean, have you guys, now that you have it coming out next Friday, I mean, are there any plans to start doing some live stuff? Um, yeah, I was, I don't know, someone hit us up about playing in Flint, that Flint City Cider oh, okay. place. Uh, I don't know, we have, we're ordering vinyl, so we're going to do like another, like, Oh, final sweet. release show at some point. Oh, sweet. it takes forever to get it though. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll be booking. Yeah, seems like everyone's playing again. So yeah, yeah. I've I haven't. There's like a few shows that I've heard that they're still trying to like. And I'm not saying this is good or bad, but they're still trying to like cling to the like the outdoors or social distance or something. But like, I think at this point people are just playing, you know, right. like I've, I've been to shows where it's just normal, you know? And I mean, whatever people want to do is fine. I don't care. But overall, I'm just glad that it feels like if I book a show, it's not going to get canceled, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. Probably. We probably won't really start playing too much till, fall just because yeah i mean i don't know summer everyone's doing shit and yeah yeah i'm not in any hurry either because like our like our record's done we're kind of shopping it around we got a like a label that's interested in things like that so like we don't want to like kind of play out the record before like if we're gonna get picked up even by like a small label or something if we're gonna get picked up and like go on like a heavy run of like playing shows to promote the record like there's no sense in like playing a bunch now just because we want to you yeah. know then people come we're gonna come see us they've already heard the songs a million times we're not gonna have anything new to offer them everything that we could play right now is on the record that's not out yet so right. it doesn't really make sense to to play too much so, yeah, I don't want to play in my hometown every <laughs> other weekend. Like. I know, I know. It's like, I think it could be easy to fall into that trap too. Like uh, before the pandemic, we were starting to get hit up by like the same people to play the same houses like twice a month or something. I'm like, I can't keep doing this. You know, like after it's cool at first to be asked. Again, it's always cool to be asked. You know, don't get me wrong. It's not like becoming like better than that or something, but it, it's it's more like, all right, well, what am I what is this doing for me at a certain point? Like nothing pretty much. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not worth the effort. It's like quality quality over quantity, I think is better when it comes to taking shows and things like that. Yeah, we'll probably do our this show on Friday and then get like an out of town show sometime at the end of August maybe, I don't know. Yeah. And then who knows? Hopefully our records come before the end of the year. Have you have you guys already ordered them? No, not yet. I'm trying to do it soon but it's like 14 weeks yeah so it's like probably not till october november yeah it's like one of those things where you just order it and then you just kind of forget about it and then when they come in it'll just be a nice surprise like oh shit (laughs) yeah i we're gonna try to do like a bunch of music videos this time like yeah i think we did two for the last album but like I'm like, let's, like, 
I don't know. I guess we're still in the like the no shows mm-hmm. minds. Like it still feels like that. Right. Like, the leftover feelings of like, mm-hmm. well, we can't play shows. So let's just make a bunch of videos. Like we had already talked about it. Like, yeah. Before shows were coming back. So now we have like all these ideas. Like, yeah. So, I mean, it's a good idea to do them anyways. Like, pandemic or no pandemic like music videos are just a good idea like if you can afford it and if you have the 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 people around you or the knowledge within your band to do it like do it i mean one it's fun two you have it forever and three like it's more things to throw at people right <laughs> you know like just like like your video then they might not have heard your band otherwise, but they're now they're gonna go listen because you they you know you had like bright flashing images on the screen or something. I just feel like it's gonna be like almost every song on the album, like which a lot of bands do that. You know, like bigger bands usually, well, you know, because they can afford more or whatever. But I mean, if you have the means to do it, like fucking do it. That's kind of my like our our record is. Only it's like an EP. It's a long EP, but there's like four main songs with like one interlude-y song. But I, we definitely have plans for two videos. But I would like to do at least three or four. You know, just because they're fun. You know, it's yeah. it's it's fun for me to like come up with the idea for a video and then like actually start. To, my my friend's a videographer and like it's fun to work with him and like d- develop a concept for it and like plan out shot. It's just fun. It makes it feel like it's more legit. You know, it's like, Oh, I'm in a real band. Like I'm planning a video and stuff. Yeah. I mean, we have the means to do it. We're like, Eddie's a painter. I do graphic design and video stuff. Hmm. James does graphic design also knows how to do video it's like we can all just like right easily do it so yeah yeah it's definitely worth it then um let me check i think we're probably good if you want to um i assume that you want to do a song or something you brought the guitar yeah i'll probably just do one yeah that's cool i'm too um, scared to do two <laughs> you're good but yeah uh let people i'll hit i'll pause this real quick but and then we'll set that up just let people know like i guess where they can find the band and find the new record and stuff yeah we're the new album will be on spotify the last one's on there too um there's a bunch more stuff on Bandcamp, and uh if you want to go do a little LP pre-save or pre-sale that's on Bandcamp. Um, yeah, I probably won't be able to get it till the fall, but uh, yeah, that's about it. All right, this is Sleepology. Uh, song's called Wedding Day.